You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. If you have your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 11. The last several times that I've addressed you, we've looked at the prayers of Jesus. We've looked at John 17. We looked at uh, two parallel passages from Matthew and Luke. Today we're looking at Luke that has a parallel passage in Matthew that I'll just glance at quickly. But uh, I want us to be prepared to continue to understand Jesus and prayer. Luke chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at night and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not give up and give him the bread because he is a, his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, we just ask that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. You kind of get the impression that Jesus is wanting us to realize when we pray, get bold. Don't hold back. I was at a prophetic gathering and, and one of the brothers prophesied to Debbie and I and said, pray bigger, prayers. Boy, did that hit. It resonated with my spirit. And I thought, yeah, I'm not, pr I'm not praying big enough prayers. I need to, to go into that. And the Lord just took me back to my, my granddaughters. You know how the Lord likes to speak through the children. And, and, and the granddaughters are amazing. They are very bold when it comes to grandpa. Papa, as I'm affectionately termed, and they will come and they will ask me and ask me and ask me and ask me. And they think I'm made out of money. And I sit here in my finite resources and I'm thinking, they don't have a clue how close to the edge I am. <laughs> but the thing that delights my heart 
is that they ask. Here, I don't have always the ability to give them what they want, because if it's got Barbie on it, they want it. They want the new Barbie car. They want the Barbie house. They want the Barbie mansion. Uh, and, and they're already thinking about when they get old enough to drive. Now I've got a 12-year-old. And uh, Papa, car? <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. And as I was looking at the passage today, I thought, you know, I understand how the Father may feel on this. There's something wonderful about us asking the Father for some things that are just really over the top. It's not, it's not the selfishness of a, of a child asking, gimme, 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 but it's one who knows how great the Father is and how great His resources are and how powerful He is that they don't, they don't hesitate to ask for anything. And so they'll ask, for miracles. They'll ask for provision that would be more than we could even imagine. Hmm. I like that. That blesses my heart. Thank you, granddaughters, for teaching me some things. It's time to pray bigger prayers because even though I'm finite and limited in resources, he's not. He has no limitation, no restriction. And as we look at today's teaching, we'll understand sometimes when we pray, we don't get what we ask, but he's still good. So they say, teach us to pray. In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five, it comes in the context of Jesus's dissertation to the sermon. I don't think these are necessarily the same event. I, I think there's a good case that these are two separate events that after the disciples hear what Jesus has proclaimed at the Sermon on the Mount, one of the disciples wants to know how to pray. And, and they probably was one of the early ones that were following John the Baptist and knew how John taught his disciples to pray. And so now they're asking Jesus to teach them. And this is what he says. It's the abbreviated uh, Lord's Prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. We always begin with family. It's a relational dynamic. We are his children, his sons and daughters. And so we come to him as father. And we say, Father, your name is above all names. Your kingdom come. This is a, a command. It's a, an imperative. Let your kingdom come. It's a declaration. Let your kingdom manifest right here, right now. Give us each day our daily bread. There's an understanding that we have daily provisions that we need from the Lord. So as you're getting this model of prayer, don't forget to put whatever it is that you need for that day, bring that before the Lord in your prayer. Forgive us our sins, absolutely, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And there's a, an amazing connection between the way in which we forgive others and the way in which we receive forgiveness from Him. And then the last, and lead us not into temptation. Don't lead us into evil. Deliver us from the evil one. For those that are visiting, I have this affection for the Passion Translation. 
And uh, my regular family just can't wait for me to share what does this sound like in the Passion Translation. But here I'm going to go to the fuller Lord's Prayer found in Matthew and, and give you Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 11 in the Passion Translation. Just open your heart and just receive this. Pray like this. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be center, be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm. Cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us from every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the King who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Mm -hmm. So from the model that he gives the disciples, he goes on with a parable on boldness. And the parable is, is about when you have unexpected guests come by, and you got to understand it in the context of first century Christianity when Jesus was walking. And, and the reality is there is huge shame if you're not able to take care of a traveler who's coming through, especially if it's a, a relative or a friend, somebody coming through, you want to provide accommodations for them and a meal. And this one is on a journey. So they're coming and they're doing a touch and go. They're, they're resting for the night, eat and off they go. And so in the parable, it's, it's about what do you do when you get caught with your pants down? You're not prepared. You get surprised. Something comes completely and it blindsides you. What do you do? Well, this is the point of boldness that the, the Lord Jesus is trying to get across to us. When all of a sudden the need that you have is so pressing that you don't, you're, you're not worried about being embarrassed with social protocol, that the need is so great and urgent and it is so potentially shameful to you that you will forget yourself and you will go and you will knock on the door and wake the whole household up and let them know that you need some bread. Hmm. Well, I don't think the, the whole emphasis is so much about the bread. I don't think it's so much about that, but it's about what do you do when you have a need that's so great that you can't save face. You can't put your social etiquette up and, and do it gracefully. You just got to barge in and pound and say help. That's what he calls boldness. Says the, the neighbor's not going to get up and give you something because you're friends. He's going to get up and get it because you're bold. Sound familiar? Luke 18, it's the, the persistent widow who's banging on the unjust judge and just keeps hammering on the door. S same concept, importunity. It, it, it's the kind of shameless uh, persistence and boldness that says, I need justice. And what's the ju unjust judge do? He grants her justice. Not because he fears God, 
or man, but because this woman's gonna wear him out. And so he, he caters to the request. Now, obviously, like the friend and like the unjust judge, God is good and loving, <laughs> and he's not reluctant. And he, he, he doesn't want to make us, you know, squirm. But he says, this is the kind of desperation that you need to approach when you are facing a situation that requires my immediate attention. Come and pound the door. So he says, ask in boldness, be shameless, be desperate, lose your sense of self-respect. The need of the moment outweighs the embarrassment socially. Yeah. And I know with Margaret, we were desperate. We were contending. We were praying. We were warring against cancer. Cancer had just taken John Newell. And I said, not on my watch. We're not gonna lose another. And I declared war on cancer. Matter of fact, I get angry when I think of cancer because I wanna see it destroyed. In the case of the widow, it says day and night prayer. Ask, seek, knock. We've been taught that. We've been practicing that. We've asked, we've sought, we've knocked. And when it comes to Margaret's passing, as glorious as it was and wonderful, it it's still a sense of, Lord, what are we supposed to do when we've asked and we've sought and we've knocked and we've knocked and we've knocked and we've knocked? What are we supposed to do? We have a decision. We have a decision. I believe this, it's upon us. It's a decision. Will we cease contending or will we press in to learn how to contend more? I don't know what the more means, but I felt like the Lord says, you gotta learn how to contend more. I don't know if, if that's day and night intercession. I don't know if that's something that he wants, but I think it has something to do in our relationship with him that unlocks the kingdom and releases it here on the earth. So I'm asking and I'm seeking, and I want to learn how to contend in prayer yes. for what the Father's heart wants. Yes. So it's true, the enemy will use this as an opportunity to try to take our heart out, to try to get us to start playing it safe and not take as many risks and, and not go out on the edge. Uh, to, to stop knocking and just politely, instead of, and it's like, okay, do we wanna be polite? Do we wanna be socially acceptable? 
or do we want to see breakthrough? Do we want to see the Lord do what only the Lord can do? So we need to protect our heart because I guarantee you that the evil one is trying to harden our hearts through unbelief, <laughs> but it's time to press into a deeper intimacy yeah. now more than ever. It's a time to cry. It's a, try, a time to cry, a, a cry of inquiry. Lord, uh, uh, just like the disciples after they weren't able to cast out the demon of the father who brought their, his son, they say, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we? And the Lord took them and taught them and showed them. This kind comes by prayer. And later manuscripts added and fasting. It's time for inquiry. It's time for us to learn and it's time to grow. <laughs> One of the things that I think the Lord just really highlighted to me was that individually we can only go so far. That part of the key in breakthrough and healing is community. It's what happens when it's more than just one voice crying out, one person knocking at the door, one person seeking, but when it's a whole community that's pursuing. <clears throat> my seminary professor, or president of uh, Asbury Seminary, when I was there, I, he was my professor as well. I took his class, God's Healing Community, and that was a book that he wrote. And he talked about the difference between receiving prayer for healing from just individuals and receiving prayer corporately. And I think there's something in this because as we looked at John 17, we understand the oneness that Jesus is desiring for us as brothers and sisters, as he's in us and as the Father's in him and as we're in them and all that, that's going on, the oneness. There, there seems to be something that is released exponentially in the kingdom of God when there is corporate oneness, one heart, one mind, one prayer, one cry. So what happens when our hearts praying the same thing? Well, we prayed the Lord's Prayer together today. You've seen it and you may have prayed it again as you were reading the scriptures on the screen. There is a real sense in which we need to have the very heart of the Father, the heart of the Son. As the Holy Spirit manifests and reveals it to us, we need to accept it so that every situation, there's agreement. There's the oneness that we find in, in a husband and wife relationship when they are physically, emotionally, and spiritually one that has so much power that I think the kingdom of darkness, that's why he attacks marriages so desperately because he knows that when God's image masculine and God's image feminine come together in covenant love, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that there is just a sense of oneness when they focus on something and they come in agreement and they go and contend in prayer, that there is power. And what happens when you have couples upon couples upon couples within a community of faith that come together and say, yes, Lord, we know that this is your heart and we want to pray and stand with you and contend for whatever the situation is, a deliverance, a healing, uh, a miracle, whatever, Lord, 
because that's the heart of the Father, the oneness. And so Franklin Graham has put out a, a, a call to our nation and uh, Michelle sent out an email. I don't know if you've received it yet, but it's, it's just realizing that, yeah, we need to come together as one and pray, Lord, protect our country. Lord, keep our country moving in the direction that you've ordained and called her to move in. My confidence isn't so much in the political system, but my confidence is, Lord, don't let the enemy get in and cause disruption with your loving purposes for our country, regardless of what party it is. Lord, you come, you lead. And so we've got a call today uh, to pray, to fast. If you can't fast today, pick another slot, but let's corporately come together in prayer. So which of you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Oh, the Father's so good. Is there anything you'd rather have than the Holy Spirit? The enabler, Lord come, believe that he wants to give to us the best. He wants to not only meet our needs, but he wants us to be able to contend for the things that the world would say, you're off your rocker if you think that can happen. And it's time to contend for the impossible. It's time to come in alignment with a loving father and just say, Lord, teach us, teach us, teach us. You've got our undivided attention. How do we contend for the breakthrough in the lives of others? Now I'm gonna give you one more little exhortation and wrap it up. One of the things that I think we miss is what happens when we put our head on the pillow. I think too many of us just think sleep is a necessary evil, especially the workaholic that just, you know, really resents having to lay the head down because there's stuff that needs to be done. And then there's others that say, how long can I stay in this bed and escape the realities of what's out there in that wicked evil world and, we, and everything in between? And it's like, sleep is the time. Your spirit does not sleep. Your body needs rest, your soul needs rest, but your spirit does not need rest. I think many of us are missing a wonderful opportunity to have fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with our spirit while we're sleeping. I, I keep preaching this because I don't think we get it. I don't think people listen. I, I don't think you believe me. Poke your neighbor, say, listen to the guy today. He's gonna to tell you something. If you listen, it, it'll work. Before you go to bed, invite the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to do whatever they wanna do while you sleep. Give them carte blanche. Just say, I give you permission to do whatever you want. Give them permission to take out the stuff that needs to be out, that God never intended to be in your heart. 
He'll take out the ugly stuff, the junk, the evil, the, the things that we've done that the enemy torments us with. Just give him permission to take that stuff out. And then the stuff that you never got, but he always intended for you to have. Say, Lord, as I sleep tonight, I give you permission to put into my heart everything that you want to be in my heart. And then I've added, and Lord, where I've got my wires crisscrossed, I give you permission to rewire my thinking, my emotions, my, my feelings, even how I remember history. I would like to remember history from your perspective, not from my perspective, which is oftentimes tainted by the evil one, his perspective. And so Lord, I, I give you permission to reveal history and write it the way you see it. We're not rewriting history in the sense that we're fabricating anything. We're just saying, Lord, from our perspective, it looked this way. But from your perspective, how did it look? And let him show you and do that. That can all happen while you sleep. And after I pray that prayer each night, I put my head on the pillow and I picture Father God taking his blanket of affection and covering me. And off I go. Now, being a Francis, I have the gift of sleep. My dad could sleep on command. We just say, Dad, sleep. He'd be out, you know, and it's just like, whoa. So we go to, Deb is amazed at how fast I fall asleep. Uh, I'm always asleep before she is, unless these days, now that she's coming home later, uh, sometimes I'm already asleep before she gets home. So utilize, learn, press in, move toward a greater intimacy. Look for oneness in your relationship with your spouse. Look for oneness within the body of Christ getting together in agreement, contending, becoming God's healing community, not just an anointed person who can pray for someone and they get healed. Thank God for those gifts and those anointings, but becoming a church that heals, a church, a community of faith that releases healing in the earth. That's how I believe he wants us to be known. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your great love. And as we take our elements this morning, we just say, Lord, you are so good. And we want to declare in the mighty name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we want to align ourselves with your heart and your will. We wanna say, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, Father, that in our sleep, that you would take us to heaven and that you would show us how things are there so we know how they're supposed to be down here. I pray as we read the scriptures that you would open the scriptures with fresh eyes, that we would see the real truth of how you intended us to live and be and who we truly are. And it's all through the body and the blood of Jesus our Lord and Savior. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for loving us so much that you laid down your life for us. Yes. We take and eat in remembrance of you.
We cannot comprehend everything that your blood has secured for us, but by faith we can experience it. And I pray, Holy Father, that you would release a grace upon us, that we would be able to receive beyond what we can comprehend in the goodness and the graciousness and the love that you have for us. And so, Jesus, we celebrate your life. We drink in remembrance of you. The worship team will come and lead us in our, our last song. As we're doing that, just open your hearts and allow the Lord to bless and minister to you. If you have any specific prayer needs, we have chairs off to the side. We're still trying to practice safe distancing and COVID-19 protocol. We'll mask up and uh, we'll be happy to pray for you. Outside of that, you, if, if, if you don't get to the chair and you get intercepted by someone who's got a heart to pray for you, just, just feel free to receive that. And let's see what the Lord wants to do. So Lord, manifest your kingdom tangibly, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.